Hi, and welcome to Picard Cast. As always, I'm Brooke, and I'm here with the co-hostess with the mostess, Rebecca. Hey, that was a lovely introduction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a lovely introduction for a lovely person. <laughs> well, thank you. It's nice to be back talking about Star Trek. Yes, yes. Uh, so, you know, we have a guest today, and it's someone... We do? Yes, and it's no someone me we wouldn't necessarily <laughs> expected to be our guest, because it's our friend Eric, who always um, makes fun of Star Trek. But, you know, we do too. But anyway. <laughs> so, hey, Eric. How are you? <laughs> hey, what's up, Trekkers? <laughs> See, I said Trekkers because I'm being nice. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's all in fun. It's like how I always make Star Wars references during this. It's fine. <laughs> I, know. I I said one negative thing about Star Wars while elevating something Star Trek, and I have been labeled a Trekkie from some people. Oh. So, yes. <laughs> Which and is... I'm standing by it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I like this new Eric. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't I mean, known myself anymore. I was going to say, I like the old Eric, too, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that guy was a jerk. <laughs> so, um, what we do when we have a new guest, uh, since you've not been on any of our episodes, you get to do a lot of talking now, and I know you're super excited about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, just kind of give us a, a little bit about how you got into watching Star Trek. That kind of thing. If you watched a lot of it, or if you just uh, randomly picked an episode because you wanted to talk to us, you know, whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I can say some things because I know my um, my nemesis is not going to hear this and make fun of me. But <laughs> so I was born in the mid seventies, uh, kind of at the at the dead spot of Star Trek, so to say. Mm -hmm. um, the movie hadn't come out yet. Um, and all that stuff. So I, I, I kind of was introduced into Star Trek via the original series in um, in reruns. Mm -hmm. And the original Star Trek movie, we had rented on VHS, and I watched that. Uh, my dad was really big into sci-fi. He mm -hmm. kind of ignored, I guess, a lot of the stuff that um, Star Trek tries to teach you. But he <laughs> liked the science element. So He liked the science, <laughs> but not the morals. Is that that is... Hilarious. <laughs> so I watched a lot of like um, syndication of Star Trek, the original series, um, Doctor Who, mm -hmm. which they, they both run a lot of parallel themes and a lot of mm -hmm. parallel type um, atmosphere when, mm -hmm. it, when it comes to storytelling. And, and, um, they, uh, and Doctor Who also had that sort of period of time where there was no Doctor Who, and we call it the wilderness years. <laughs> So that's kind of where you started in the Star Trek during the wilderness years. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So the, the we watched the original movie, and then, um, God, I'm trying to think of how we watched The Wrath of Khan. Because I was, like, watched it. I kind of like the hokiness kind of of the original series. I was a huge fan. I don't know if either of you watched the, the Highlander television series. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I, I remember that show. Absolutely. Right. So how it's... It, it has some <laughs> episodes that teach you things that it's a they're really um, serious, and then you'll have a, a completely quirky episode 
And so I kind of always liked those kind of shows where um, it could take you down different paths. You never really knew what you were getting, but it had a lot of fun with the universe it was living in. And the original series kind of really, really did that for me. But I didn't, I didn't, can't say I really loved it. I just liked to watch it. Like Doctor Who, I enjoy Doctor Who, but I don't love Doctor Who. And it wasn't probably until, I don't know how I saw the Rathacon. I want to say I saw it just on television. We probably rented it again because I was born in 75 and it didn't come out till the early 80s. So that's not the first Star Trek I ever saw in the theater. So I watched that and that's when I've started to really appreciate Star Trek a lot more because it was dark and it, it kind of told a more serious story and it was fun and it really took the, played to all the characters strengths, you know, in the whole, and it's a cast that big. It's hard to really do. Whereas the series could kind of focus on that. Um, so I thought that was really a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. Unfortunately, it kind of fell short almost every other um, movie for me, um, except for the one, I think it was at part five, is the murder mystery one, right? That's six. Six, okay. Five is the, five is the one Shatner directed that we don't like to talk about. Wait, wait there's a murder <laughs> mystery one? I've only yeah, seen start, like yeah. I've only seen like two or three of these movies. Star Trek Six: Undiscovered Country. It's a murder mystery. Kim Cattrall is in it. Oh, How about that? Oh, that's right. She's a cleaner. Kim Cattrall. Uh, okay. <laughs> I knew that she was in one. Oh wow! It's really good. Christopher Plummer is in it. What? It's it's oh yeah, it's a it's a very good film. Wow. Um yeah, Star Trek Six: Undiscovered Country. It's like it's one of the better ones. Wow. My opinion. Also, I mean, you know, it's an even number. Even number Trek doesn't suck. That's generally the rule. Although I, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's the rule. It's <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I think Michelle Nichols does, like, a sexual dance in that one, too, doesn't she? she? That's five. You're oh, that's five. Yeah, five. okay. That one did suck. That one's not great. I mean, it has its moments. I actually rewatched it recently, but uh, it has its moments, but it's not great in my opinion um but i think six is a is a really good movie six is, yeah. is a scary one yeah I, uh the first one i saw was four in the theater that's the uh, voyage home right mm-hmm. admiral there'd be whales here i love that's a terrible yeah. spot but i i do enjoy that i do enjoy star trek four a whole lot yeah so that's the first time I actually started to like come back around to Star Trek is in that movie. But when the the uh, Next Generation aired, it was a huge event. Like at least at my dad's house, um, I was like looking forward to it because it was the first time we were going to see some good sci-fi on television again, or something with a production value and stories and a long actual series on one of the main networks. So when that came out, we had, like, I think my cousin was over. We all just sat there and watched it. I was like, hey, that's a good introduction to Star Trek again. It looks it looks good. And it kind of introduced the cast. I was like, this is interesting. And I at that point, I was like, I really like the character of Data. And like, almost immediately, that became my favorite character. So I watched, uh, not really, I th- almost week to week, the first couple of seasons, uh, and then it, it, I kind of tailored off to where I would watch when I could watch because it was, you know, being a kid, you can't just, I couldn't just like make time that repetitively through the years. So I watched on and off through probably only the first, probably only the six seasons because there were seven seasons, right? 
of the original series. Yes. I'm sorry, the, the next generation. I, mm-hmm. I didn't keep track on the last one. But I was, like, all in. I got... I was buying that Starlog magazine. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember Starlog magazine. <laughs> I, I like... <Nerd. laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. <laughs> but they had a lot more than Star Trek. They had Star Trek. They had Star Wars. They had all sorts of stuff in there. It just focused heavy on Star Trek. So I was like, all right. I, I watched... I, I read that. I started, like, kind of watching stuff from other some of the actors were in and I just couldn't get into some of it. Um, but that's kind of the introduction that I had into star Trek. I would watch it late at night on syndication as well. When, um, during the summer when I was at my dad's house, cause my parents were divorced and I would just watch and watch whatever was on. So it was always like star Trek, the next generation. There was always doctor who and like green acres or something like that. So we were watching, repetitively through all of that um i i didn't like necessarily love star trek as much as the some of the individual characters in the next generation because some of the stuff it just got to it, it, it didn't go in the direction that i wanted it to go or a lot thought that it probably should go and i just kind of lost interest in a lot of the characters like i really thought i i did break off a little bit when tasha yar died because i thought that was a potentially really good character that could have done a lot being as how she was a woman uh, security officer. I was like, she's going to be like Ripley on Star Trek. And I thought she really should have been. So I fell off a little bit from that. I thought Worf wasn't really good for the first couple of seasons. Um, not until I think he got into touch with his Klingon side uh, at the Klingon home world and things like that. Um, but da- Data was always my uh, one of my favorite characters, Data, and I really liked Riker. So the Ma- Mandela effect played a big part in this episode for me because I overwrote a lot of what I thought happened with <laughs> other things <laughs> because of Riker. But that was pretty much it. I did watch um, I did watch the movies all the way through from uh, six on in the cinema. So I went to the theater and saw all of them in the theater, with the exception of the, this very last. Um, the last two of the new released J.J. Abrams ones. I just don't talk about it. That's fine. <laughs> I got in trouble. The reason I got tar- targeted was was a Trekkie was there was a comparison of which character is better from Star Trek versus Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I have to look at Star Wars as an overall... You have to look at it as an overall saga, an overall uh, character story. Mm-hmm. And it's the same as Star Trek. You can't just watch one season... Because there's a lot of character development in all of them. I said that Data was a better character than Yoda. So, I think he is. Okay. I think for what you're talking about as far as, like, character development goes, um, I would probably agree with that. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing against Yoda. I mean, good lord. I mean, everybody loves Yoda. But if we're talking character development and as far as, like, what they did with their stories mm-hmm. and their they were just on very different paths. You know, Data is searching to be more human and Yoda is searching to pass on his knowledge. So, I mean, hard to compare, like, in that sense, but I think just character development-wise, yeah. Hear me out. Yoda is kind of the opposite because he is trying to be less, I mean, even though he's not human, human, because Jedis have to control their emotions and not 
have them, and Data wants them. Mm-hmm. There you Yoda's go. like the opposite of Data, basically, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> I've watched Clone Wars, and that adds a little bit more to Yoda, but not really that much. Not as much as you get Data uh, playing poker and then and getting emotions and having a crazy evil brother and all kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was like Yoda, at the, he was presented to us as being this great, wise, mm-hmm. experienced Jedi it was in, t- in tune with the Force, and then the prequels just kind of made him out to be a chump. So oh. I was like, how do you turn into a ch-? Like, he's goofy, he's doing his little flippity-doo, not really out of shape. He was not the same character. Not that he should be the same character, but if you're around for 800 years, uh, 20 years isn't going to change an 800-year lifespan's character development, so... It didn't make logical sense to me, which is another thing is I'm a very analytical person. Mm-hmm. So to see, uh, I, I've been to compared to Data before. So I'm like, yeah, I can s- totally relate to this character. He was the one that I would relate to. And then Riker was kind of the one that I was like, I, I need to be a little bit more like Riker, even though I'm stuck being more like Data. Uh, well, I have to say, um, you know, Data does painting and stuff and... Eric here does some amazing like cosplays and all kinds of stuff. Like he's he's a really good uh, creator of things. So so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the next question I have to ask, uh, it, it could be two parts depending on your answer. Did you watch Picard? No. Okay. Oh, I didn't have CBS All Access, and then I wasn't going to just watch the first episode. Right. I was intrigued by it, but I, I just unless until it was readily available to watch the whole time, I didn't want to get hooked into it. Gotcha. They did, I think they did have it set up to watch all of it later after it was all out for... You know, they did. I just didn't want to jump on board because I'd want to watch the next mm-hmm. season and then I would have to subscribe. We have no idea when the next season's going to be, so... Oh, yeah, that's true. If that'll even happen. Oh, gosh, yeah. I hope it does happen. Right? That would be, would be good. <laughs> I mean, we'll have to change the name of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, we will. If they don't bring it back, we'll have to change the name of our show. <laughs> Star Trek cast. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. And all the good names are taken. <laughs> they are, because everyone's been making Star Trek podcasts long before we came around. <laughs> all right. Eric, can you give us sort of a little background on why you picked this specific episode? Yeah, this one, I, I've always been intrigued by the idea of uh, like clones or doppelgangers and things like that like the one with lore the introduction with lore and data that didn't get me as much i did like the idea of there being another data out there and how but it didn't as much as i liked that episode and i like i love lore and how he was his whole story development it did other than make data grow a little bit as an individual it didn't play around as much with what what really kind of pulls at my strings a little bit which is an actual duplicate, an actual clone, and on both sides. So it was only like one-sided for data. Lore was like, I'm just going to use this guy to get what I want. Uh, but this episode, it played around with a lot of ideas and a lot of aspects that don't just come along with having a doppelganger. This, this plays along with how people grow as individuals based on the experiences that they have, how people would feel emotionally if they did come into uh, a doppelganger experience. A lot of of eye-opening experience of the decisions that you've made in your life and where it's taken you. What are you going to do from the third-person perspective to not make those same mistakes and decisions? And ultimately, who we are as an individual, that even though we have the knowledge and experience, 
our willpower is drawn and directed by the type of people that we are. Okay, I'm sorry to everyone else who's ever been on this show, but that was one of the best explanations for picking an episode we've ever had. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty darn good. I was just like, wow, that's so that's so eloquent. Yeah. <laughs> everyone else has been on has been crap. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're welcome. So let's get into second chances. This is Season 6, Episode 24. It first aired on May 24th, 1993. Uh, it was directed by Jordy LaForge, LaVar Burton. Woo! Yay! Good job. So we got to see little bits of Jordy in this one. But not, you know, not as much Jordy because he had other business to attend to. Uh, it was... The story was by Michael A. Medlock, but the teleplay was done by uh, Renee Echevarria. Thank you. See, I I don't have enough background in other kind of languages, actually. Because um, <laughs> this episode starts out with a captain's log, and we love captain's logs here. The captain's log is start date 46915.2. So that's Thursday, August 7th, 2369, seven, about 7.30 at night. Uh, and that's Eastern Time. They are orbiting uh, Nirvala 4 to retrieve this sort of scientific data left by Starfleet eight years ago. It's like a station. Anyway, So, but we find out eight years ago they left some stuff. We go to 10 Forward, uh, and Riker is, of course, playing his trombone. <laughs> After he finishes a song, he asks for requests, and Troy is heckling him because she shouts out, Nightbird. And he ignores her until no one else gives a request. And uh, it's heckling because he has tried for 10 years to get the part right, and he hasn't. So <laughs> <laughs> so he's, you know, in his um, civilian clothes, but he's wearing his communicator. And, you know, after they start the song, like before he can even play, he gets... A, a calm message from Data that he needs to come to the bridge. So he says, oh, saved by the bell, which I don't know why, but I thought that was really <laughs> silly and funny. I liked it. I always think it's funny in Star Trek. It's supposed to be so far in the future. And it makes me laugh when they use um, common expressions that we still use today. <laughs> so, Quote, you know, unquote, it's, ancient expressions. Yeah, ancient expressions. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it just always makes me laugh. I'm like, uh, you know, oh, I'm glad you guys still know what Saved by the Bell means. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, there's bells and alarms and things still. True. It's not necessarily <laughs> like uh, the save button that looks like a disc that some children have no idea what it is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or saying hang up the phone. Yes. Hang up the phone. <laughs> I'm glad that one amused you. So, on the bridge, Data tells Riker that they can transport to the surface sooner than they initially thought. The window of time they have is like 26 minutes to be down there. And they have three days, and they can only do it like once a day for that 26 minutes. So, they only have three tries to get down there to retrieve this information. Um, like there's some sort of a distortion field that keeps them from beaming down or back. And that's what that 26 minute window is. Uh, if they don't get it in that three year, or three years, three days, they have eight years to wait before they can do it. So that's why they haven't gone. That's why it's been eight years since this had happened because 
there's not there wasn't any sort of break in the distortion field for them to go back because uh, you know it's every eight years because <laughs> it's how close it gets to their son or whatever I think isn't that what they said <laughs> yeah they said it basically it was based on the planet's rotation I just kept wondering why they couldn't send down a shuttlecraft they never addressed that in the episode like a simple a simple solution to the problem is we'll just send down a shuttlecraft and then you can go down and come back whenever you like well cause they but at some point they were talking about like a, a ship having a problem in the distortion field or something and that's probably where we get uh, our predicament here so maybe probably. they wouldn't have been able to do that um so we have Riker R- Riker we have Riker Data and Worf and some unknown security officer I don't know who she is, but um, they all beam down to the planet. Um, Riker's been on the station before because he led the evacuation, or well, he was on the evacuation team because um, at the time he was just a lieutenant. They noticed there must have been a, some survivors or something because there's like earthquakes and stuff. And anyway, but uh, because there's like this sort of homemade patch to maybe a hole or something, and everything's cleaned up because Riker says, "I don't." This place was a mess the last time I was here, you know? So Data, on his little, you know, tracker device, says that there's humanoid approaching. The door opens, and it's Riker. It's a hobo Riker. Hobo <laughs> <laughs> Riker. <laughs> because he's wearing, you know, all, like, shredded clothes, and he's disheveled and everything. So, you know, it's this is perfect commercial break time, right? Hobo Riker. (laughs) (laughs) So we see the intro, you know, song, uh, Enterprise, all that good stuff. Then it goes back to the the station, and we have Riker encircling Hobo Riker, who I'm going to call Riker 2 for now, unless we want to call him by his, by what he chooses as his name later. Whatever you guys want to do. I think Breaker 2 works. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, my I, my Star Wars thing for today is that I uh, shortened it to R2 <laughs> in, in the notes. So that's my only like, Star R2. Wars thing. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So he's like... They're they're checking each other out, and, you know, like, oh, who are you? Oh, who are you? No, I'm Will Riker. No, I'm Will Riker, you know. And it's impossible. And so, from this, we learn that Riker was on the team that went down there to evacuate people, and he was, you know, he totally Rikered it and was, like, the last person out, because he's like, no, you know, I'll take care of this, because that's how he is. <laughs> and... The- I was going to say, like, the the whole Riker versus Riker, or, like, they're staring at each other. It's like that Spider-Man meme, where it's, like, Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man, right? And it's Riker pointing at Riker, like, who are you? No, who are you? I'm Riker. No, I'm Riker. I'm surprised, like, just by the way Riker is, that he didn't go look at it, you know, have the, both of them look at each other's butts to make sure they both look good still. <laughs> like, that is America's. Wait, no. Yeah. Starfleet. <laughs> or just like look at each other and then look at the team and say, you know, I am good looking. Wow. 
How come no but, one told me I was this handsome? Right? <laughs> I knew I was, I was handsome, but not this handsome. Watching back on this again, I was surprised that they didn't like disprove each other a little more aggressively or a little, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't really fight about it. They're like, yeah, he must be me. Yeah, it must be me. <laughs> Let's go and figure out why you're still me. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay. Speaking of figuring out, which Riker's which? Um, we see Riker two in sick bay. Uh, you know, tr- uh, no Crusher is scanning him, of course, and she says, "Oh, you must looks like you've broken your arm some time ago." And he's like, "Yeah, I had to reset it myself." <laughs> a big deal. Yeah, it's all the time. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's cool. Um, <laughs> so we have uh, Picard comes in and he you know wants to ask some questions and. Uh, Crusher says that the two Rikers have virtually the same uh, brain patterns when she did the scan. Uh, there's some little differences, which is probably, you know, what we can say it's accounted for because they were apart for eight years instead of having this, you know. If it had just happened, they might have the same, <laughs> exact same thing. Mm. Anyway, But she mentions how, like, most of that is predetermined from childhood. Your your brain scans or whatever. I don't know if any of that is true or not, and I did not look it up. So, if anyone is like a neurologist and wants to let us know how true that is, we'll take it. Yeah. But like we always <laughs> say, please be nice. <laughs> uh, so, the next scene we see... Riker, Picard, Troy, Crusher, Data, and Jordy. So basically, you know, our A-team... Uh, they're meeting about Riker and Riker 2. Um, Jordy goes on this techno babble about how it might have happened because of these, um, uh, this distortion field might have, uh, it, it messed up like the transportation beam containment field. The confinement beam. Yes, confinement beam. I cannot speak. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> okay. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, so so that they can tra- so that you know they can transport out. Well, uh, it it looks like it it made another confinement field, and you know the the person who was in charge of transporting them off on their ship, you know, shut it down. Well, instead of it just being shut down, it like bounced off this. Uh, you know, it, it bounced off and the distortion field and came back and instead of just, you know, vaporizing away or that's not, that's not the right word, but instead it deposited a copy of Riker back on the, the station. So this is how we end up with two Rikers. <laughs> Uh, but I, you know, like in the in the fake science world mm-hmm. of Star Trek, mm-hmm. this made total sense right. to me <laughs> because I was I mean, about to ask techno- you about this techno babble. You can like techno babble your way out of anything in Star <laughs> Trek, but I mean, you kind of understand like he's beaming them up. It seems like he's losing, you know, the confinement beam, mm-hmm. so he initiates a second mm-hmm. beam to bring him up and then merge the patterns in the transporter mm-hmm. room. But instead, you know, the first one worked just fine, and then the second one, you know, he just stopped it, but then it 
somehow got deflected back down, and then you have how you make a copy of Riker, Mm -hmm. which who knew that the transporter could also be a photocopier. But I think that we've proven that, you know, you could also make copies with (laughs) a transporter. It's funny, like shooting through that disruption field, they had 200% better odds this time. Because they not only brought Riker up successfully, but redirected a second one down, than that one transporter did in the original Star Trek movie, where it just turned that person into blob. Yeah, right. Like that. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. You see how far, like, you know. Again, it's not real. I know it's not real, but it's sort of real. But like you, yeah, you see how far like the transporter technology has come because that's like one of the big opening moments in the motion picture when they're trying to beam somebody up and something happens with the transporter and like the poor person in the, in the beam screams. It's like this terrible, like, "Ah!" and then they just like, uh, they, they obviously don't survive. And, um, yeah. So here now we're making copies of people Mm -hmm. with the transporter. Making copies. (laughs) (laughs) But if you think about, like, us, where we are now in real life, like, how far technology has come just in 50 years, like, how far, how exponentially far the technology could go in that, like, 200 years or whatever, the difference between original Trek and the next generation, right? Like, yeah, 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 you know, it's it's not going to make people blobs, but... It's going to make copies <laughs> instead. Uh, anyway, so one of the things that's really funny is Riker's like, well, which one of us is real? It's like, that's that's not what it is, buddy. <laughs> You're both real. You're not, neither of you are real. I don't know. <laughs> um, It's like he just starts getting uh, a little, like, self-conscious and, like, He's unsure now because there's another version of him. And I think somewhere that kind of bothers him. Like, what if this guy's better than me? <laughs> you know? I, th- I think it boils down to also, like, the idea of um, with with the two transporter beams, like, I think anybody would question, does this mean I'm not the real one? Does that oh, mean right, the yeah. real one didn't make it off? I, I think Riker was, I think Riker 1 is more like, does this mean I'm not the real Riker? Does that mean the real Riker was actually stuck on that 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 science station the mm-hmm. whole time? Have I just been a copy of the real guy? But they they yeah. they'd never know, right? No, that's what bothered me a little bit on this episode. It was like I don't think they delved into Riker's mm-hmm. feelings and why he was so you know. They they speculated a little bit why he could be upset and why he lashed out and was mm-hmm. um I don't remember him being this much of a prick, <laughs> to be honest. But he was super mean in this one. Mm-hmm. And it played a lot more on Riker Two's adjustment back into mm-hmm. um I guess civilization because it's uh, a, a starship, but I was like I, I struggled even towards the end of this to be like why is he acting like this is he questioning how is he questioning this is he Mm -hmm. just oh my god there's another subordinate that i need to make sure he obeys my commands i I had a lot of trouble um understanding exactly which emotion drove him to act like that Mm -hmm. like i think oh oh, i'm sorry bro go ahead i was gonna say we don't know if he's um 
yeah, having that whole thing where he remembers how he was, so he knows he's gonna push him. He's gonna push his own buttons. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. Like, I felt more like it was this guy is he he's me, and he's gonna see all the decisions I decided to make, mm-hmm. and he's not gonna. My old me is not gonna approve of what my current mm-hmm. me has decided to do with their life. Yeah, that's a really great point. I I would have the conversation that we get towards the end of the episode between Worf and Data, where Worf kind of expounds on what you're saying, Eric. That like it's like seeing it's like seeing your worst qualities dis- displayed like right in front of you, um, and. I think that would have been better if that came from a conversation between Riker 1 and Riker 2 or even Riker 1 and Troy or Riker and Guinan. Like that conversation I think would have been better if someone could have pulled that out of Riker. If he could have voiced that, I think that would have been a better resolution or a better explanation of his feelings. You know that Guinan would have been a, a really mm-hmm. great character to have in there. Have her like have a conversation with Riker too as he's trying to readjust and she can kind of psychologically break him down a little bit and mm-hmm. then Riker one come in and she could make comparisons and be kind of the, uh, the audible narrative for what was really going on between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love Guinan. That would have been great. Um, but like, like they didn't, okay, let's jump to that, to that piece with Worf and Data. Like, Data asks Worf, you know, if you come across another version of yourself, you know, what, how would you feel, you know, would you get along with yourself? And Worf is like, no, I'm hard to get along with. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, it, I would have liked it if it had been, you know, some other way with the actual Rikers around. But I did like this because it also goes with uh, Data's wanting to be human. So he's asking these questions to get more of an idea of how to be, like, a real sentient being. Not just, you know, a, a robot that's sort of, excuse me, an android that sort of uh, can have thoughts and feelings and all that kind of thing, but not real feelings. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that... I, do you all think that maybe they thought it wasn't enough room for that? To actually have, you know, Riker and Riker break it down, either with the mediary, you know, you know someone in between or not, or what do you guys think? I, I just feel like this, for some reason, wanted to like focus more attention on um how Riker used to be prior mm-hmm. to going into Starfleet and what drove him to be in the position he is cuz he was put his career first and and all of that stuff and this is like almost like a snapshot of his past without being a flashback and it but it didn't yeah it's just weird because if they would have gotten rid of all the um the the mission of them going back down mm-hmm. And collecting the data that they probably could have, like, just used. This could have been just a dialogue-heavy episode that didn't have any extraordinary things other than being on the ship. And they could have probably told a more compelling story rather than um, do things like that. Because that did run them out of time. Mm-hmm. It did It did give them the opportunity to, talk, to discover some things. But, yeah, it just didn't seem like they had the time because of some of that stuff. 
Well, with that, with that scene, it's like, you know, they went twice. And the second time they went down, it's like, okay, we see uh, Riker and Riker going. And then they fix this radiation problem so that they can get to the core. And then we, uh, and then we have uh, danger on a bridge and nothing. We don't see what else happens. We don't see if they get along or not to do it. We just know that they did it. Yeah, it, it's they they definitely wanted to focus I think they definitely tried to take an episode that could have been more dialogue heavy and inject this sort of this like what what's the right word? Like this danger aspect mm-hmm. to it, right? We've only got these three chances to go down and get the thing, and then when we go down, it's dangerous, and we got to go into the rocks. No, no, the bridge collapsed. Mm-hmm. Like I, they, they like they did a lot. <laughs> I know they did a lot with that stuff, and of course, there's a huge plot line or a huge storyline about Troy. Like you can't bring back. Riker from eight years ago and never address how that Riker feels about Deanna. Mm -hmm. Like that Riker, right, is, as we learn in the episode, the only, he said, you know, he said, I only made it through because I just, I kept thinking about you and how we were supposed to meet on Risa. And like in his mind, um, he never stopped loving her in, in the way that he did at, at that time. Mm And now this other Will Riker made a choice, and we can definitely talk about what it, it's a real, I'm trying not to say a, 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 a naughty word here, but it, it's a real, it's a real bad move, it's a real, it's a real uh, crappy you, move. If you want made. to, you know, you'll get phasered, it's fine. Okay, uh, it's a real dick move of, <laughs> of Riker to basically just not show up. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's that's how they kind of that's how their relationship started to drift apart. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to meet on Risa and he just didn't show up. You know, she went. He didn't even tell her ahead of time. I'm not going to make it. He just didn't go. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, there's like eight bajillion ways to contact somebody in the Star Trek universe. And he used none of them to tell her, I'm not going to go. And then they just drifted apart. And I think what's really interesting about this episode is we really get to see Deanna's point of view on that. You know, we kind of, you know, Riker has talked about it before, about how, how he made a choice and, and this and that. But we, for the first time, get to see that, like, this really broke her heart. Mm-hmm. Like, it took her a long time to get over it mm-hmm. and to get to a place where she could, you know, be friends with this person. And now here comes Riker, too, who is like, I've just been thinking about you for eight years. <laughs> and does she get a second chance here, too? She kind of gets a second mm-hmm. chance, too. And I... I You know, and then he ends up kind of being a dick all over again, you know. So, you know, is William Riker just not a nice guy? Maybe. So it's, it's, it's definitely, they, I get why they insert the danger part Mm -hmm. of it because otherwise this is just a very talky episode and it's all about feelings and stuff. And, you know, people want to see phasers and stuff. And yeah, so we got that too. But, um, I, I wish there would have been time to put in this conversation that we talked about of either Riker 2 and Guinan or Riker 1 and Riker 2, mm-hmm. something like that, just mm-hmm. to really expound on what he was feeling. I feel like if they didn't have the, like, scavenger hunt, the, like, note scavenger hunt for Troy 
that would have taken some out because they could have just had him meet with her and give her the present. It didn't have to have her walking around and, you know. Because mm. well, I, I think I, we got the idea that she liked him and that they, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like even without that bit, I don't know, I guess they just wanted to show the difference between now Riker and like eight years ago kind of Riker. Even mm-hmm. more. Like, he's not just a a ladies man. Hey there. He's, uh, you know, he's this ladies man. You know, right. with an apostrophe, not I-E-S. <laughs> right, right. But I, yeah. I think I think the point here, too, is that he, I, I, Riker 2 sees Riker 1's decision to pursue his career over a relationship with Deanna as a big mistake. Like, and he even tells him that. I, I wouldn't make the same mistake of, 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 of not being with Deanna. Like, he, in his mind, that whole decision was a mistake. And I think Riker 2 looks at it as like, I can fix this. She can still be with me if I pursue her and show her how much I still love her. Yeah, I thought that this episode was going to teach us that if we look back at those mistakes, we we can make a decision to go in a separate direction, just like you're saying. But at the end, it, it kind of flips that mm-hmm. to where we can recognize that we made that mistake, but... We we are still compelled to be who we are, and it's whether we give in to that or not that's going to define who we are. And ultimately, he does give in to that. So that's like off of the decisions he makes at the end. It kind of that's the only thing that really reflects back that that Riker or the the original Riker uh, is not necessarily a bad guy. He's just compelled to do what he did because. His other self made the same mistakes um, with hindsight. But mm-hmm. the way they told that story at the end didn't really make it feel like that. Like, at the end of this, I was kind of like, oh, they're, they're both dicks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and even even Riker 1 warns her and says, if this guy had come back, he's, you know, ask yourself if it would have ended any differently. And I think, I think for, I think what I think the person, honestly, who grows the most in this episode is Troy. I think she's the one who actually has the most character growth because at the end of the day, you know, he says to her, Riker 2 says to her, if we get married, I can bring family on board my new ship in six months. And she's like, yeah, you said that before. And, you know, he's like, no, but like, I I can mean it. And it's I mean it this time for real. But this time I mean it. Yeah. But it's she's the one who decides not to be with him. She's the one who decides not to leave the Enterprise and go with him. And I think um, she does it in a much better way than he did it because mm-hmm. she at least tells him mm-hmm. that she's not going. And, and uh, she chooses her own happiness on board the Enterprise instead of risking it on this Riker because Riker too could just as easily turn out and not just decide to pursue a career over a relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I give her total credit for that, for being, for being strong enough to walk away from this man who she's 
she's pretty sure will just end up hurting her again. Hey, and then she ends up, you know, she dates Worf, and then she ends up marrying Riker one later anyway, so whatever. And she still yeah. got to, she still got to have her career and wear a regular uniform because, you know, she's done her officer training and all that kind of stuff, so. <laughs> you know, Brooke, I think you and I both know that women cannot be sexy and smart. So because she's smart now, she can't be sexy anymore. Okay, okay. I mean, I think I mean I think you would have learned that by now after living under the patriarchy for this long. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make a joke about how if I was had a transporter malfunction when I was like 13 or 14 and went into a different direction that others version of myself would come back going, Hey, I've been stuck in that your dad's bedroom, uh, the second bedroom at your dad's house watching reruns of star Trek, the next generation. And (laughs) I would have to argue that she's both. (laughs) I mean, of course she's both. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, the show didn't recognize that. No, no, I just said the other me says that. Oh, I'm the gotcha. oh. agree. That no, she cannot be smart and sexy at the same time. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, let's get back on track. I mean, I, I really actually like this, that we're just doing bouncing around and lots of really good conversation. Um, but we sort of, uh, before, you know... Troy starts uh, talking to Riker 2 as sort of, I don't know, a possible romantic interest before she gets her her notes leading her places or tells him, sorry, not sorry, I like how my life is here. She goes to visit him to kind of see if maybe he'll help them get this data that they need off of this ship because, you know, of course, it's a mission. They gotta have a mission. And, um, you know, so then he's really happy to see her because he's like, I haven't seen you in forever. (laughs) You're still fine, girl, you know? (laughs) And, um, you know, she has to tell him that her and regular Riker are friends, just friends now, and so, you know, of course, he's probably excited about that but um and that's when she tells him about Risa how Riker 1 didn't show up because he's he's too ambitious um but uh a thing this is what we see Riker 2 here is cleaned up and he's wearing a new um yellow uniform and he has his hair parted on the side, whereas Riker 1 does not. So that's, so not only is the uniform telling you which one's which, also the hair. As if you can't tell, because, as if you can't tell by the way they act, because, um, it's really, it's really kind of cool, I think, to see, uh, Jonathan Frakes actually creating two different characters of the same person. You know, like, um, I don't know, like, there's still, like, a a young sort of feeling, like, happy-go-luckiness a little bit, like, I'm gonna be a captain by the time I'm 35, like he says later, kind of feeling in Riker 2, because he's not been um, 
hardened by all of this uh, fast moving up the ladder and all that kind of thing. You know, it's like he's not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, probably zap myself, but he's not as much of a hard ass as he is, especially in this episode. You know, um, and he's not always like that, especially with ladies. But um, <laughs> you know, we just, just to show that he's sort of like a completely different person, but not a completely different person, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think he kind of put it over the top a little bit just to show the different this mm-hmm. distinction between the two Rikers. Mm-hmm. He did a good job of acting two different characters. Mm-hmm. I just It just was out of character for me mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, we'll just we can just skip part of this because all it is is they go they go back down uh, and then that's when we see uh, Mae Jemison, our real astronaut here, um, and they come back because the Rikers are fighting with each other, um, and you know, and that's one of the ways that we can see that they're in that eight years. That's where they've split off and become different people. You know, they have we the, the Riker 2 is a little more, still a little more riskier and like, I can do this. Let's do this. And Riker 1 is like, uh, no, no, no. And I, it's like he, you can kind of see he gets mad because he defies himself, but it's, I, I totally agree that we should have had a more Riker 1 kind of say something like, I, you know, I can't believe I was so, obstinate or you know what I mean like he needs something or like oh how does anybody get along with me you know something not just necessarily Worf and Data whatever it's fine (laughs) well I think you know the the reason why that like Riker one just I mean you think about how their life has diverged so Mm -hmm. much right like Riker two never had to face the Borg. Right. Riker 2 didn't have to potentially give the order to kill his captain when he was oh. Locutus. Yep. Riker 2 didn't ha- didn't live through um, all the experiences that Riker 1 has lived through and mm-hmm. we see how Riker has matured over the years. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's, that's what experience does to people. It matures them. But Riker 2 has matured in a different way. He's been left to his own devices for mm-hmm. eight years. He had to jury rig. He had to basically be MacGyver and, like, mm-hmm. make everything on that space station MacGyver. work. He was space MacGyver. <laughs> like, he had to do it all by himself. He's not used to taking orders anymore. He's not used to the Starfleet um hierarchy right he's not a yeah he's not used to punching that clock anymore like even even Riker says to him in another ancient expression <laughs> it's been a while since you had to punch a clock oh I'm glad you still understand that reference in the oh 24th century it didn't even that didn't even <laughs> register to me and I've never had to actually the only punching of a clock I did is I had to push in buttons like not even an actual like punch card and I didn't even <laughs> I know it's hilarious but like yes, that children has... children used to you would clock into work <laughs> by using this card and you'd stick it in a machine and it's like clunk you know so that they know that you were there at that time and that's punch card you hear people say yeah. that 
I never had it's, to use it. I really no. can't imagine either one of you had either, right? I did. <gasps> oh, exciting. Yeah, you had to I, line up the little thing yeah. on the clock with the little space part on your time card and, yeah. Nice. I never had to punch a clock, but I certainly know mm-hmm. what that means. I've, I've seen others do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, that, that Riker, Riker too has had different experiences in his life and he's a different person. Mm-hmm. And Riker one does not really get it in a certain way. Like, so when Riker two's telling him, I know these systems inside and out, I'm the one who can do it. Riker one is the guy who's learned how to, you know, control his temper mm-hmm. and like, take orders and blah 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 so it's like he's a different person Mm -hmm. and which is why that they they clash so much you know in this episode but again you know yes they do have a brief conversation about it but um it's really just more Riker one just being angry at Riker two for some reason (laughs) so it's like it's never like really expounded on it's just just kind of hinted at yeah all right I liked where you went with that. That was... Hey! You're welcome. Do we want to talk any more about Troy and her adventure, or... I mean... Wait, oh, you mean, like, the scavenger hunt? Yeah. I mean, I think I think we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, Eric, you absolutely have more to say about the scavenger hunt. <laughs> By no. all means, please like, do. You're our guest. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I think everybody nailed it on it. <laughs> I mean, I did forget to say that he left her chocolates and a flower also, and then this gift he gave her was... Uh, uh, etching he made with a phaser of a waterfall on the last time they had spent together. <laughs> and like, like it's almost, for me, is almost, he's almost too, um, I don't know, into her. <laughs> it's like, I eight, mean, eight years is a long time to just, you know, pine for somebody feel like but i don't know yeah i i mean i think at that time you know commander Riker was he was really in 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 love with her and and gave it all up mm. because mm. he wanted to pursue his career i i just think we've never seen that portrayed i don't we've never just seen that portrayed that's fair. by this character mm-hmm. so like even when they first meet up again i mean she comes in and he is just I mean, he practically pounces on her, <laughs> yeah. right? Calls her Imzadi, and he's just, he kisses her, and he's She's hugging like, her, whoa, like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, she kind of knew that was probably going to happen, but, like, we've just never seen that behavior mm. from him. <laughs> so, like, it's like Riker one knew that was going to happen, because oh, when Riker she says, she goes, I'll go talk to him, and he's like, huh? <laughs> Yeah. No, he totally knew that was going to happen. But, like, we we just never saw that before from this character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. I get that. What's funny is, like, this this episode, they need it, – it's almost like they needed to add more ridiculous um, things to do, like throw a MacGuffin in there for them to chase after, mm-hmm. and then turn it into two parts. Yeah. Because they didn't even deal with the psychological breakdown it would cause for a person to be isolated for eight years, what? pandering over – um, I mean, it touches base a little bit about, oh, I just imagine they had a funeral or a memorial for me and you were there and you were crying. Mm-hmm. But in reality, like the psychological 
um, play in your heads would be like what could have been, what's really going on, how things are going out there right now, and if I ever get back, I want to I want to reconnect with these people, and then just the artificial life that you you would recreate if, mm-hmm. in the event that you actually do get rescued. Mm-hmm. They had a real castaway moment before yeah. castaway, and yeah. they didn't take it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. That. That could have easily been a two. This could have easily been a two-parter where you just really delve into, you know, the psychological damage done to this person. But mm-hmm. yeah, instead it's just you know down to a forty-five-minute episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on, guys, you need to re re reboot just this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Remake just back. this episode. <laughs> I mean, don't even do, don't even do any kind of like, uh, age, <laughs> age regression or anything on anybody. Just film them the way they are now. Who cares? We'll just all pretend that that's young Riker. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right, right. You know, his hair's not gray. He's not chubbier. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, after the scavenger hunt, uh, we see Picard in his ready room uh, drinking Earl Grey tea, of course. And Riker 1 comes in, um, and Picard's like, hey, Riker 2 came to visit me, and, you know, he thinks he can take the risk to go underneath this station, even though there's earthquakes, or there's planet quakes. <laughs> um, they'd probably still call them earthquakes, you know, if, if they're saying it's been a long time since you punched a time card. Anyway. <laughs> You know, so he does, he's just like, I, okay, yeah, that's fine. If that's what you want me to do, I'll go find him. And then he goes and he finds him, finds Riker 2 in engineering and he like roughs him up. You know, he's just like, I, I told you, you should have taken my order. You went over my head. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Calm down, Riker. <laughs> it would have been a good time. Like if he had, left there and then gone to 10 forward and got a drink because he was riled up and then talked to Guinan or whatever. Like, there are so many places you could have fit in somewhere where where he could have been like, this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me and I travel in space. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like my boss was aboard for a while. I mean, you know, like all kinds of things happen, but this is like the strangest thing to him because it's like broken his mind a little and it's made him, he was kind of like this when, uh, Shelby was, you know, him and Shelby were, were butting heads like this whenever she was, those episode or two, whatever Mm -hmm. she was on because, oh, she's kind of like him. Like they sort of went to, went there on that episode and this one, it's like just because they are the same person doesn't mean they can't say that I recognize things that were in me that he's cultivated that annoy me now or, you know, whatever. Like, they could have done that. Come on, Star mm-hmm. Trek. Not that we don't like this episode. It's just, that's, this is what we're here for. <laughs> I know. I actually like this episode quite a lot. Right? It's just, you know, but, you know, that's what we do. We, like, pick it apart a little bit. <laughs> A lot of it. <laughs> a lot of it, yeah. <laughs> in my notes, I said, Riker 2 is in engineering when Riker comes in and yells at himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, though. He does come in and yell at himself. <laughs> um, then, we, and we see, we get a little bit of uh, girl talk because we see Troy and Crusher doing Makbara. Did I say that right? I can't remember. 
Okay, I can't remember how it's pronounced, but I just thought that's what it was. Um, so Troy, you know, is filling in Crusher about her scavenger hunt and that they talked in Ten Forward for hours and, you know, and she's all like sort of beaming. And then it's so funny because Beverly's like, and then what? And then what? And then what? <laughs> she wants all the deets, you guys. <laughs> She wants, she's here. She is here yes. for the gossip of what happened later on. And I have she's to say, telling, this is one of the best time, best her hair has ever looked. When oh, doing yeah. This. Like, <laughs> it looks really good. <laughs> anyway, I mean, poor Troy, her hair is always just, you know, big and curly. Um, She can't help it until she's in Picard. <laughs> um. So, they're talking and gossiping and everything, and then Riker 2 comes in, and of course, just like, just like your friend when your crush walks in, she's like, oh, I think I'll see you later, I've gotta go, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. <laughs> oh, I, I just forgot, uh, it's a baby being born, I had to go right now, bye. <laughs> oh, I didn't wash my hair. Um <laughs> Uh, I left the jelly on the stove. I'll be back later. <laughs> Do I hear Wesley calling? <laughs> All the way from Starfleet Academy. Yeah. <laughs> Do I hear Wesley calling? <laughs> I love that that was the Shut up. I'll be back later. <laughs> She's like, oh, I forgot I had to go visit Wesley. <laughs> anyway, so you know, Troy's Troy's like, oh yeah, we're we're doing this uh, Klingon thing that Worf teaches, and then he man like mansplains to her kind of where he's like, no, no, this is some kind of Tai Chi. Uh, yeah. See, and so it's like. Okay, like, for me, that wouldn't be, like, the next thing to happen that I would, like, take him down and kiss him. I would be like, really? Really? Is it okay that it's pretty similar? Why do you gotta do that, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, she's missed this side of Riker, I think, so, you know. I took that as a look, fool. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Um, but he was mansplaining. I'm not going to discount that. Okay, <laughs> <thanks>. <laughs> um, so then we see Troy going to talk to Riker about it. Cause she's like, you know, we've dated other people before. And he's like, I, I could tell. I've seen that look before. Obviously, that's fine. You know. <laughs> well, I, I have. Okay. Here's th this scene is. Okay. So Riker's like. <sighs> Uh, I've seen that look in your eyes before. You used to have it for me. And he says it all wistfully, like, oh, poor me. Uh, and I'm just like, dude, you're the one that didn't show up. Exactly. But it's you're not, the, the, it's not the only time they've ever written it like that or he's played oh, it no, that I, way. And I, he, I get like, that. All the time. It's like, yeah. dude, why all, don't all you the just... Just say, all the time. I'm sorry, I was terrible. I want to try to be a better person, and then maybe we could try to get back together after you see that I've been a better person. Yeah, like, they definitely play this as like, oh, 
used to have that look for me. Oh, like, and it's like, I don't feel sorry for you. You're the one, you're the one that took that look away. You're the one that lost the right to be sad about Mm -hmm. it. You made a choice. And you chose your career over her. Okay, that's fine. You you wanted to focus on your career. But then you also chose to just completely ghost her. So, you know, it's like I'm kind of really don't feel bad for you right now because these are all choices that you made. And, again, episodes called Second Chances, you know, wouldn't it have been interesting for Riker at this mo- Riker one at this moment to say, you know, I just realized, or I've been thinking about it. I I never apologized to you for not showing up at Risa. Like that would have been a nice thing for him to say. Yep. Also, I had to mute myself because I started giggling after Rebecca said uh, something about ghosting her because I wanted to say. <laughs> Yeah, because she didn't get ghosted the way that Beverly got ghosted in the next episode. That's a different kind of ghosting. <laughs> we are going we to bring to up that episode who, until we can actually talk about it. But I whoever, think we're going to have to do it soon because... Whoever picks that episode, you will be my personal hero. Right. <laughs> um... <laughs> um Gosh, I can maybe I can talk somebody into doing it just just for our sake. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, it's like it's like Cindy, just watch this episode of Star Trek and come talk to us about it because it's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so we um, back to the show. Uh, Riker is playing. This isn't that big of a deal, but I just like to talk about it because they're playing poker, and I just love it when they play poker because Data is the dealer and always wears the little hat. (laughs) And I love it so much. He's real serious about being a poker dealer, and it's just amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just him, and it's Data and Worf and Riker, and that's it. And I'm like, geez. You know, it's like, of course, they can't have the ladies because the ladies have been talking about Riker 2. <laughs> That's kind of my headcanon on this. And speaking of which, Riker 2 shows up, I guess, to talk to Riker. And then uh, he joins the game. And then they have, like, a whole big thing where they're, um, you know, oh, well, I'll raise you 200, you know. And I don't know. In a society that doesn't use money that's meaningless. Right. <laughs> That's also a reason why I love the poker things. It's like the poker stuff always gets me because they're they're betting. What are they betting? It's not money because they don't use money mm-hmm. in the federation. Mm-hmm. So what are they betting? It's like, Bragging rights, right? Or yeah. IOUs or something? I guess, but because yeah, it's like I'll raise you two hundred. Too rich for my blood. Too rich with what? <laughs> Poker you don't tips. use money. What they are you just, worried about losing? They don't know what regular money is. They just assume that everybody used these poker chips like this. <laughs> <laughs> Earth had poker chips. That's what their money looked like. Everyone on Earth. That's hilarious. Can you imagine if they thought that that was the case? And this is what the, this is what the currency used to look like. <laughs> oh my God, that's the best. <laughs> 
these these discs made of fossil fuels. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Dinosaur discs. Dinosaur discs. <laughs> Oh, man, that's awesome. But, yeah, like, so Data and War fold, and then we've got, like, a Riker-thon. Like, <laughs> uh, and so it's amusing, like I said, it's always amusing when they do the poker thing, but it's another chance they could have put in where they were at, where someone was actually saying why they were conflicted or, you know? Mm-hmm. I, think, I did not understand, like, the re, the whole squaring the two of them off, and then when Riker wins, then Riker 2 gets all upset. I'm like, I don't understand the lesson or the character development that just happened here. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you, Eric. I don't care for the poker scene at all. I actually think it's completely meaningless. I, it's it's Honestly, I think it's really just a, it's a dick-measuring contest. Like, and... Yeah. I guess in the, in a certain sense it could be useful, but it's really not. It's just pushing forward this antagonistic narrative with no clear explanation of why they're why they're so angry. Like mm-hmm. it's just it doesn't make any sense. I, I think if I had like I think the this scene, like the poker scene, is just, I, I think it's just completely not necessary in in the episode at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think it does anything for me either. Mm-mm. Nope. I just get Data wearing the hat. That's really... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, Riker 2 storms out because he's mad he lost or whatever. And like, oh, you always win or what I don't know it I, it's you but it's not you hey, whatever that's fine that's fine this is you know 30 years old almost so whatever <laughs> also yeah. like I put down that it was 1993 and I'm like seriously <laughs> I can't <laughs> I know it doesn't seem <laughs> that long ago but it also does like I don't remember being that small but I know I watched the last few seasons, the last, like, two, maybe three seasons, like, when they were new, you know? Even though, because it was, like, being syndicated on, uh, like, every day a week, so I caught up really fast, you know? But that's also how I miss them. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, sorry, uh, my mind is broken by 1993. All, all <laughs> <laughs> um, so... He, you know, is upset, so then he goes to Troy, and instead of it, it's not like he's just going to Troy to be like, I'm upset, because Riker beat me. He's like, hey, uh, I gotta tell you I'm leaving in a week. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so he got a job, because, you know, he wants to remain on this path that he was thinking about for eight years, in between times of thinking about Troy, um... And she's just like, okay, yeah, that's what was going to happen before, whatever, okay. Yeah. And he's just like, well, we can get married and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, uh, yeah, you said that before. Uh, I'm just going to have to think about this. But it's like the way she says it is like she's 
not going to think about this. She already knows what her answer is mm-hmm. going to be, but she knows she's going to be sad because of the the choice she has to make. You know, it's like she's had all of these years of living this life and making herself happy. And if she went with him, then he might be the only thing that makes her happy. And it's like, mm, that's no fun. <laughs> right. And then what, what happens if invariably... <laughs> Um, it doesn't, what, what happens if it doesn't work out between yeah, them? Yeah. She's gone and left her whole life behind on the Enterprise to go be with this guy who she knows has the potential to hurt her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not great either. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like she's finally like, you know, she's finally getting like, she's, She's finally finding her own place in the in the mm-hmm. in the galaxy, you know. So yeah. why why leave it all behind now? Well, and like now it's almost <laughs> like, you know, when people say, "Oh, um I wish I knew now what I didn't know then." It's like, yeah, she didn't realize that was going to happen the first time, but now that she knows him and she knows that he's still got that ambition and stuff that that even though there's eight years of him that's a different person, and he's sort of gone off on this slightly alternate version of himself. She knows he might, like, come back around and be the version, the Riker, you know, Riker 1, mm-hmm. eventually. Like, yeah. he's, and just, you know, what what's he going to do? Like, they get married, and they have kids, and then he's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I've got to go on this, like, mission for two years, see ya. You know, right, or whatever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want any of that. Right. No. So, I don't blame her. <laughs> no. He, he no. talked a really good talk, but once the very first opportunity for him to make a decision mm-hmm. pops up, he makes the same bad decision, thinking mm-hmm. that he's not going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he's still the same person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he's going to be, you know, as you mentioned before, he's going to be driven to make certain decisions for his own career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sad. <laughs> he didn't learn from himself. No, he did not. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we get that the third transport window is open, and if they don't go and try to retrieve this information, blah, 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 you know, they have to wait eight more years, or someone else can go in eight years, whatever. Um, and... The Rikers go to to do whatever they need to do this core, and like I said before, it's danger, danger, danger. Uh, you can tell by like the shot they they do this thing with some radiation, they fix it. Well, Riker one fixes it, and then they go through this door, and the shot is of this this little short bridge, and it's like. Even if you've never seen this, you're probably you've seen enough stuff. You you would probably go, oh, the bridge is gonna collapse, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you've seen uh, an ad- adventure Any- TV show ever, you you know what's coming next. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, so of course it does. And then Riker saves Riker too, and blah blah blah. And then we don't get to see anything else. So it's like I guess they're fine with each other now. They're not fighting anymore. Yeah, like, I guess, I guess they're okay with each other because 
when Riker 2 leaves, Riker gives him a trombone. Mm-hmm. Um, and why yeah. why didn't they have Riker 2 save Riker 1? Like, I feel like that would have been more like... Yes, that I yeah. was just thinking that. Yes. Like, oh, yes, you saved my life, and you're not too bad of a guy because you're me. So here is a trombone. <laughs> that you could replicate and have your own anyway. <laughs> that is yeah, I think I think if if Riker two had saved Riker one, I think this episode is much. I I think that ending is much more satisfying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know, I mean, this is where we get the thing with Worf and Data talking about. You know, would you would you want to? You know talk to yourself or be friend, like or would you be friends with yourself which you know would either one of you be friends with yourselves i think i know the answers for both of you but <laughs> i already said that i think i'm annoying so no <laughs> <laughs> I, it's it's such a weird question to ask yourself like would i be friends with myself um and i think the I think the natural human answer is to think about all of the qualities in yourself that you don't like mm-hmm. and imagine it be like reflected a million times, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if if somebody thinks that they're like, let's say, too needy or too clingy, mm-hmm. um, they would imagine a version of themselves where they're so clingy, it's unbearable, mm-hmm. right? And they'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, I would never be friends with myself. But I, I think that's just how we – that's how we see ourselves. But I, our friends see us differently, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because how, how many times have, you know – so, someone says, "Oh, I'm, I'm so clingy, or I'm so whatever," and your mm-hmm. friends are like, "No, you're not. I think you're great just the way you are," mm-hmm. and and they really mean that, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, but we're we're so critical of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's yeah. I think that's definitely human nature. That's a good answer, but going around the question, but that's fine. It was still a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, like, I, like w- would I be friends with myself? No, I wouldn't yeah. be. I wouldn't and that's be. what I figured everyone's answer would be. Well, yeah. I mean, there's probably some people out there that are narcissistic enough that would be like, oh, yeah, sure. Um, of course I'd be friends with me. I'm amazing. Right. Um, My answer was going to be yes, because I'm so dis- <laughs> I'm so detached from everybody else and reclused that I think myself would be recluse and we could get along. Because we wouldn't never, we wouldn't hang around with each other. It does, it does, you know, you're an android, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. (laughs) You're an android. We'd be like, dude, wouldn't it be cool to have a third one of us that could do all our chores for us? We'd be like, oh yeah, and it would turn into like multiplicity. Yeah. (laughs) Because none of them would want to do the chores. (laughs) No, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's hilarious. Um, um, yeah, I know that uh spending months with my father doing um like updates to my condo before I moved in, um he has a lot of things about himself that I see in myself that are get on my nerves and I'm like, "Mm. We butt heads enough. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine if it was like full on me." <laughs> But I'm I'm always definitely like, how does anybody deal with me? 
<laughs> and uh, thank you to all of you. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> so anyway. I just noticed that none of us um, really corrected or, or said any compliments as we all said the bad things about ourselves. We are like, <laughs> yeah, we just tolerate you. Every single one of us did it. <laughs> well, oh, I, mean, well. I, I would laugh at my own jokes because I already laugh at my own jokes. So it's not like I need to explain that. <laughs> Anybody who's listened to me for any amount of time knows that I laugh at my own jokes. So, <laughs> you know. Your jokes are funny. Yeah. They are funny. um anyway so yeah we don't see any we don't see what happens to them when they do the core thing we just know that they fixed it because data and Worf are able to get the stuff off the database and you know mission complete um so then we get another Captain's log stardate 46920.1. And now, of course, we know that they had three days to do this. This was the third window, so it's Saturday, August 9th, 2369. And it is about 6.15 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time is what it told me. Eastern Daylight Time. So, um, and then, you know, Picard, in his voiceover, says that they've retrieved the database. And it's like, yeah, we know that because... I mean, unless there was a problem after Data said, we we can retrieve the database. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so we see Riker 2 in his quarters, and Troy comes in, and she's like, you know what, I like everything the way it is, like we've talked about. And so he's just kind of, you know, sad about it or whatever. Uh, but Riker 1 comes in and gives... As we also mentioned, the wonderful trombone, which I'm always, you know, like sometimes whenever they play to the strengths of the actor, like things that they do or whatever, like on Saved by the Bell, um, Mario Lopez, uh, was, you know, a wrestler and a dancer and he played drums and all this stuff. So they had him do all those things, but like... To me, him playing the trombone is ridiculous. And I don't know if it's because it's a starship or what, but it always makes me giggle. He would have been better fitted, and it would have went really good along if he if he played uh, the saxophone, just because of his uh, demeanor. Because right. the saxophone is such, it's, it's almost like a seductive instrument. Right. That that's what I would picture him going after. See, Not that's look how, at how we know. Yeah. That he was more of a dork when he was younger. Which is fine, because speaking yeah. as a dork, myself. I played the trumpet, so I concur. <laughs> I didn't play anything growing up. I was a clarinet. I played the piano, too. Oh, oh. my gosh, I'm jealous. I have zero musical talent. I have Dude. two guitars and a mandolin. I don't have any more clarinets, though. Also, I didn't know that you played the piano, Eric. That's exciting. They don't play anymore. I'm terrible. Okay. Now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not that great at the guitar or anything anymore. But um, you know, we still we could still form a band, and Rebecca can sing. <laughs> oh, thanks. I mean, I don't sing well, but I'll sing. Sure. <laughs> See, I knew you would say that. That's why I laughed. I knew you'd be like, oh yeah. <laughs> we just need one more. We got Wild Stallions too. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Off topic here, but the Essence Stallions would be the two. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so, yeah, he gets a trombone. Oh, thank you for this trombone. And, um... He's like, you know what, guys? I decided I want to go by my middle name, name of Thomas, because I kind of like it. And then Riker One's like, I always hated that name. <laughs> and I'm like, Riker, I feel you, because I always hated my first name. But we're not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he picks up the trombone and his tiny little luggage which it's not the like capsule one that I love, but whatever, that's fine. And he and he picks up his tiny little luggage and he's like, "You take care of her, son." Um, he didn't say son, but you know, that's kind of the yeah, feeling it the was. whole take 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 care. Yeah, I I think she's okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, she's she she's a lieutenant commander in Starfleet. I think she's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't have to have to do her, you know, these officer trial test courses or whatever but she did it because she wanted to because she was already like a certain you know a level and she didn't have to do it because of her job but you know what she's like I'm gonna go and I'm gonna take these courses and I'm gonna better myself and I'm gonna have fun and I don't need you or you because you know she's talking to both Rikers Um, so then it's kind of awkward for a second, which, that was granted to be awkward because they know, both Riker 1 and Troy know that she can, she can take care of herself, so it's okay. But then, they hold hands and go out, and it's the end. And I'm like, what? Okay. Alright. <laughs> I mean, she she is sad to see him go. Like, you do yeah. see that she does. Yeah. You see her kind of controlling her emotions there and holding it back. And and I think Riker 1 knows that. Like, he doesn't. Um, yeah, like, I, I do like how the episode ends. I, I like mm-hmm. the sort of bittersweet ending of, mm-hmm. you know, him leaving and her knowing she makes the right choice but Mm -hmm. still being sad. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's very, you know, that's very human, right? Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes we have to make choices that we know it's the right choice, even if it makes us sad to do it. And and this was the best choice for her. Right. And I, you know, because I think part of her would want him to maybe stay there to be with her, and then he could sort of you know, move up on the Enterprise or whatever, but because, you know, he's asking her every time, no matter which version of him it is, he's asking her to do all this stuff for him, and it's like, hey, don't you think I want to have my own life and do my own things? Like, why can't you do something for me every once in a while? No, exactly. And, you know, he's even, I can't, I can't serve on this ship and he, and he's here. Like, Did I sound bitter enough that you know that I had personal experience? <laughs> um, I would go on the limb to say that most <laughs> women have had that experience. <laughs> so I get it. Uh, I've had the experience too, where it's like, you're being asked to do all the heavy lifting in a relationship and the other person is not willing to do it. And 
um, that's what's happening here with Riker too, and well, with both Rikers and Troy. Like they want her to do all this heavy lifting in the relationship, and they not willing to just show up for it. So, it, yeah, she made the right choice to be like, mm, I think I'll wait for somebody who's willing to be an equal partner. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway. So do we have any more? Is there any other kind of trivia or anything that any other, uh, I don't know, comments or anything anybody wants to make about this episode? Other than just thinking that this had such an opportunity to teach so many different valuable lessons and, mm-hmm. and create a lot of creative growth within the uh, Riker and Thomas both that it, it as much as I really loved the idea everything this episode explored those lessons were never taught and mm-hmm. the it was never really wrapped up in a bow I mean Thomas mm-hmm. even showed up in Deep Space Nine and all it really did was oh this is the the little more risky Riker is what it is mm-hmm. and that's fine but I, it's just Star Trek does such a good job teaching us stuff that um, this really only taught us that uh, Riker is a tool. I want to know what Riker 2 feels about Riker 1 actually getting to marry Troy. Oh, can you imagine? (laughs) I mean, would he even know? I mean, I guess spoilers if you haven't seen the Deep Space Nine episode that Riker, that uh, Thomas Riker shows up in, but he's a Maquis agent and uh, ends up going to jail. (laughs) So I don't know if... I don't know if he'd even know. They probably don't have, like, visitation rights or anything in that jail. It's not like Earth Jail. (laughs) Yeah. All right, cool. So that was fun. Um, Eric, do you uh, have any, you have anything you need to plug? You want to let people know where they can find you? If not, just that's fine, but. The only thing I'm really doing anymore right now because uh, the brute force and ignorance of D podcast is kind of on a hiatus because mm-hmm. people are trying to get their lives all restructured so we can mm-hmm. continue with that but that's a dungeons and dragons actual play podcast with a bunch mm-hmm. of uh friends of all of ours um and i've had friends that are not in my friend group start listening to it because i say hey my friends play dungeons and dragons and oh, that's awesome <laughs> Anyway. And then the only thing we're actually doing, I'm doing right now is the, um, it's in the Leftover Army podcast mm-hmm. and it's, uh, the Leftover Army Monsters Giant podcast all at attack with, uh, I love that name. I love yeah. that name. I, I gotta like take a breath for that one. There's know, four of us. I love that you went for the whole it. name. That was great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I got it right for the first time right in there. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a kaiju movie review podcast with, any movie that's considered a kaiju movie. Mm-hmm. Movies you wouldn't expect, but a lot of good classic science fiction, too. So mm-hmm. that one's fun. Yep. yep. It's, a, it's a little more not safe for work, though. You are the first person from that podcast to be on our podcast. I'm the best person from that podcast oh. to be in this podcast. Oh. I'm I don't have... I'm I... joking. <laughs> I like a lot of those people. Actually, I think I know all of those people. They're all great. But... Um... <laughs> They're all fantastic. Um, and also something that's on hiatus is that Eric and I used to do a podcast called Cause Buddies about cosplay, and we did, like, three episodes. 
Yeah, well, he had talked about reigniting that at the beginning of the year, and yeah. then the world fell apart. Yep. So, so yeah. So who knows when or if we'll get to do that again? But hopefully we will, because we keep making we're making plans for when things come back that we'll go. <laughs> um. <clears throat> uh, do you what? Um. If people want to see your all the like stuff that you've made, you know, um, your cosplays or your your you know you've made some other things like actual i don't know decorative things and stuff like that um <laughs> go ahead you can plug that too because i think you've done a i think you do some really great work Eve, listen he's made stuff out of like cardboard like you get no you would not it's very cool things that yeah anyway go ahead plug that. <laughs> oh, i have a i have a facebook page called geek centric one word armory um, right now I'm working on uh, assembling a Star Wars Rogue One Stormtrooper suit. It's a little bit different than the normal ones from all the other Star Wars movies. So if you, you wouldn't know it offhand unless you're a super Star Wars nerd. So I have finished the helmet. I have step-by-step. Basically, I do step-by-step um, actual builds of, mm-hmm. of furniture, geek replicas, um, anything you can think of that's dorky that you would have in your house. Mm-hmm. It's not a tutorial. It's just step-by-step uh, progression pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made me um, a Wonder Woman shield, which is awesome, and uh, the gauntlets that she wears, So, because I have a Wonder Woman costume. Sort of. <laughs> Rebecca has, like, a real Wonder Woman costume. I have, like, undercover Wonder Woman costume. <laughs> Well, Eric has made me some really cool t-shirts throughout mm-hmm. the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got all of those cool shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I wear them, people always ask me, oh my God, where'd you get that shirt? Mm-hmm. And I point them to your, uh, to your page, Eric, because mm-hmm. I want people to buy your stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not in for profit, but if anybody wants stuff like special, I, I do not hesitate to make an effort. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's pretty great. <laughs> All right, cool. So uh, I guess that's the end of our episode. Thank you, thank you, Eric, for coming and talking to us. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and you had a lot of insightful things. Um, yeah. So boldly go where no one has gone before. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>